Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Our gospel for today comes from St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus compares himself to a king who moves among his subjects to see how he is treated. What is done for the least of those who belong to his family is truly done for him. Starting with the 31st verse. Jesus said to the disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared to you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous would answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it when we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then Jesus, then the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And those will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You may be seated. This is another one of those great gospel readings that ends in fiery punishment. It's great. So the Lord of the Rings is one of those books that you really don't have to have read any of the series or seen any of the many movies to know kind of the basic storyline of it. It's J.R.R. Tolkien's book series about the adventures of Frodo, a small hobbit in a powerfully magical ring that he learns early on is evil. And he goes on an adventure with a group of misfit kind of ragamuffin people to destroy it before the evil is able to actually take over. It's one of those cultural things that we just kind of know for the most part. 
In the beginning of the book, we have a scene where Frodo is talking to Gandalf, this ancient wizard friend of his. And it's the beginning of this journey where Frodo's learning what's all happening. And he sits talking to Gandalf, lamenting what it means to exist in this specific moment in their history. I wish it need not have happened in my time, says Frodo. So do I, says Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for us to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. This happens within the first 50 pages of the first book of a series of many and we see what these difficult times mean for Frodo and for his friends. Now, the times that J.R.R. Tolkien lived in and wrote in were also difficult times. Born in the late 1800s, died in the 1970s. He grew up and lived and wrote in England during both of the World Wars, he knew difficult times. Our times, too, are difficult times. There's a global pandemic that still impacts our daily lives in one way or another. There are violent racial divides, school shootings, discriminatory laws, political polarization, religious spurned hatred, wars over land and resources. And the list goes on and on and on in our community, in our world. And yet, here we sit, in our time, waiting for Christ to come back. In this in-between time, one of these good Christian sayings is, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And we have gotten through the Christ has died, Christ is risen, but we aren't quite to the Christ will come again part. Yet. Today we celebrate a special day in the church year called Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday. And it's a relatively new church festival as far as church festivals go. It was first created in the Catholic Church in 1925. So under 100 years old, that's ridiculously new for a church festival. <laughs> Timeline-wise, it's just after World War I, 1925. It took a couple years for Protestant churches to also adapt this celebration, this festival day. And eventually we did. And this is kind of a New Year's Eve of the church year. It's the last Sunday before a typical for Advent season. This year, we're doing a little extra. But Advent is the start of the new church year. So Christ the King is like New Year's Eve. It's a day where we're called to contrast our earthly held ideas of power with the promises that Jesus gives about what the kingdom of God is. 
Two weeks ago, our gospel text also mentioned what the kingdom of God is like and what the end times might bring. If you remember, there were ten bridesmaids, five wise, five foolish, with the amount of oil that they brought in their oil lamps. And in the end, Jesus says, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And in that reading, it seems to differentiate between two easily identifiable groups of people, the wise and the foolish, including one group and excluding the other. And if we hadn't had a wonderful children's sermon that kind of illustrated this, maybe the idea of seeing sheep and goats and separating them was easy in your mind before we had to do it. But sheep and goats were often raised in herds together. They were raised together, brought up together, and you didn't really need to know the difference, and they looked very similar, and you didn't separate them until it was time to be sheared, until it was time to sell them, or it was time to slaughter them. Up until then, it didn't matter. This gospel parable for today, we can read more similarly to some of the parables we heard earlier this year of the wheat and the shaft, wheat and the chaff from Matthew 13, when these two nearly identical crops are raised together. Weed crops planted next to good wheat crops. And the landowner decides to raise them together, and then only at the harvest will they be separated to sort between the good and the bad. And then there's another parable also in chapter 13, where the kingdom of heaven is compared to a fishing net that sweeps through the waters, catching all of the fish of any kind, and only when that net was full is it brought to shore and sorted through, and the fish to keep are kept, and the other fish are thrown back. And in all of these parables, we come up with a difficult challenge. Who is good and who is bad? How is it decided? Who gets the eternal punishment of fire and flames? And who gets eternal life? Because I want to make sure that I'm on the right side of things. (laughs) And today is Christ the King Sunday. Christ the King Sunday is a reminder that God is God and we are not. It's a reminder that Christ is King. And if we say Christ is King, we are saying that Caesar is not. When we say that Christ is King, we're saying that our side of the story is not. When we say that Christ is King, we're saying that our ego is not. And when we say that Christ is king, we are also saying that Jesus is the final judge, and we are not. That power belongs to God, not to us. We aren't called to separate the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff, the good fish from the bad. Honestly, we can't tell the difference between them. But what we do know is Jesus' love and mercy and what that means for us. 
We know that there is a day that is coming when God says there will be judgment. And it's not our actions that can save us. It's the grace and the mercy of God. The part of the gospel about acts of care and generosity towards the prisoner, the sick, the poor, those who those aren't the way that we purchase a get-into-heaven-free card. Our actions can't do that. Instead, those are the inevitable result of knowing Jesus, knowing Jesus' love and mercy, and knowing that we don't know enough. In our time like Frodo, Gandalf, and their adventuring crew, we're faced with evil, too. With the bewildered and overwhelmed disciples, we cry to Jesus, I wish it need not have happened in my time. The way forward is cloudy and unclear, and we know for certain that we will get it wrong as often as we try to get it right. But it isn't up to us. Thank goodness. The deep challenges and the ability to control outcomes is so far beyond us. And instead, we're called to community. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Truly, I tell you, just as you did to one of the least of these... You did to me. Where God's people are tired, let them rest. Where they have no protection, shelter them. Where their hunger, feed them. Where they are imprisoned, visit and console them. It's not our job to worry about the outcome, just to love and serve God as faithfully as we know how. And God will handle the rest. May we cling to those promises of power that Jesus Christ is king. The promises that Jesus has promised and revealed to the world. Ones that overturn all of our earthly expectations of what we believe power and authority might bring. For this we can say, thanks be to God.